Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, well women. Welcome back to the show. On the show this month, I talked to two reproductive rights leaders about their work now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. In the first half of the show, I interview Taralene Massey, Executive Director of the Southwest Women's Law Center. Taralene holds a JD from the University of New Mexico School of Law and a Master's of Public Affairs from the University of Texas at Austin. She's a citizen of the Navajo Nation. Recently, the Southwest Women's Law Center won a grant from 100 Women Albuquerque to support their work. All the notes from this episode can be found at wellwomanlife.com slash 295 show. Now to my interview with Taralene Massey. I'm speaking with Taralene Massey on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Taralene, I'd like to invite you to introduce yourself. Um, yes, thank you, Giovanna. I'm going to say the Navajo first. Taralene Massey, that's a Janito, Katnesani, Mishnaki, Ani, Bashishin, Tedeshkizni, that's a Chedo, Kodik Ojin, that's another. I son and Shle, Pinon, Arizona, the Inasha. Giovanna, what I said is that uh, my name is Taralene Massey. I am um, with the Tangle Clan. My father's plan is a towering house. My maternal grandpa's plans are the rock gap people. And my paternal grandfather is the bitter water um, plan. And I'm originally from Pinyon, Arizona on the Navajo Nation. Thank you. Thank you. Terline, we are at a moment in the history of, I don't know, our country and in women's rights and health and rights that is pretty remarkable. And we were we were talking a little bit before we started recording about sort of the pr- progression of, of things over the last 20 years. Tell me, Terline, what are you most wanting to share with the public at this point, knowing, you know, given that Roe v. Wade was obviously overturned just a few weeks ago, and your work is so important, has been important, but is, you know, ever more important. What do you want to say at this moment about this? Well, in the state of New Mexico, abortion is can still be accessed if there are pregnant people who are looking to get abortion care that is still available it's legal and you know there are providers who may be contacted be reached out for those services i think that's where i want to start i just want to just make that clear for everyone in new mexico who is looking for that service but i also want to um talk a little bit about just bring awareness about another area regarding the crisis pregnancy centers. These are what we call fake clinics. I want to inform the public about these uh, fake clinics and to not go to them. So there are several, there are like about 30 in our state, a little bit over 30 in our state. They're 
um, concentrated in, in Albuquerque, Santa Fe, Farmington, Las Cruces, and other parts of the state. And what we're learning about crisis pregnancy centers is that they misinform public about the services that they try to showcase themselves as being medical providers, and they are not medical service providers. So uh, this is just one of the areas that the Southwest Women's Law Center has been focusing on for the past year. We did a report which is accessible on our website. We worked in partnership with four other women's law centers across the country. We looked at CPCs in, in these states and what they're doing and how they have been growing in strength and numbers over the past um you know, 10, 20 years. Yeah. Um, so that's what we've been learning about. Okay. That's such an important thing to talk about. And it's something that has been going on for, like you said, a, at least a couple decades, because when I was working in reproductive rights and justice, we were addressing the fact that there were these crisis pregnancy centers that really gave bad information. And also at the time, and they're probably still doing this and you can share if you have information about it. They were very interested in providing kind of incentives, free, you know, free items to, yes. to young, to, to people who came in pregnant. And so it, it's very misleading because they give not only skewed information, they give actual misinformation. Right. Yes, yes, definitely. They t they tell us or they have advertisement outside their doors, usually on the sidewalk, saying that they do uh, provide pregnancy tests, for example. But what we've learned um, and what our studies shows is that these are normally pregnancy tests that you we can buy anywhere, like, you know, your local grocery store. So that is the kind of test that they use. It's not a urine test or anything more sophisticated than, than that. And if, when an individual goes in, what we're learning is that they give them, they provide what they call education. And like for, in exchange for their time, uh, really what they're giving them is diapers, if, you know, yeah. baby clothing, or like just like, you know, small, small items that, you know, families are in need of. And so that's what that's what's given in exchange. So why is it so bad for women to go into these crisis pregnancy centers? Because if a listener is hearing this, it, it sounds like, well, they, they give a free pregnancy test, they give diapers, like what's so wrong? What's so bad about that? Yeah, well, the our main concern is that we want individuals to be aware that they're not um, meeting with a medical doctor, a nurse practitioner, someone who is licensed to provide healthcare services. And, you know, that's the one of the main things that we want people to be aware of. We live in a state where, you know, we, we want pregnant people to go to get their prenatal health checkup, their well-child care checkup, but with, you know, with official medical providers, um, not just someone like, maybe even like me, uh, for example, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse, and I shouldn't have any business inquiring about, you know, when someone may have had their last period or if they're pregnant because I'm not qualified to provide that information. So that's so, one of the main things. Yeah. And so where do you suggest people go instead of those places? Yeah. So 
people should go to their primary care physician. You know, if they have a primary care physician, they can go to Indian Health Service, to the VA, if they qualify for those health care benefits under those federal systems. And if they have Medicaid, you know, we can call different providers, see if they accept Medicaid as a form of an insurance. And so okay. that's how people can, you know, get that care that they need. And how can people tell the difference between a crisis pregnancy center and a sort of, you know, more legitimate healthcare provider. So like if, if people are listening today and they want to go share this information with their family member or neighbor, what's the best way to tell the difference? Yeah, that's a really great question. We are beginning to see that it's sometimes difficult to tell when a crisis pregnancy center is a crisis pregnancy center. Some of the way that they you know, portray themselves um, out to the public is a little bit misleading at times. And so we are working on providing a list on our website for those centers that are in New Mexico to be aware about. But then um, so we're also um, just encouraging people to be careful with their Google search, because if someone is doing a Google search for abortion, we have learned that these crisis pregnancy centers, like their names and addresses are popping up instead of the you know Planned Parenthood or another one of the um, abortion clinics here in the Albuquerque area, for example. And so everyone should just do their due diligence, inquire to see if there's a medical provider who is licensed on staff. So there, you know, mm. there's different ways that people can, you know, dig deeper before they just make themselves available to these CPCs. Yes. Okay. So that is a good question to start with is, do you have a medical provider, a mm -hmm. licensed medical provider on staff yes. would be a good way to weed out some of those centers that are, that don't have a medical provider and may not be giving all the information to uh, pregnant people as they come in the door. Taralene, what else is the Southwest Women's Law Center focused on? I know you do a number of other advocacy efforts what else are you working on? Yeah, we do. We are working the past few years since 2019, since I've been on board. Um, and actually before with my predecessor, the Southwest Women's Law Center has been working on trying to pass a statewide paid family and medical leave bill uh, at the uh, state legislature. So we're continuing those efforts. Every year we've been going a little further in the legislative process. However, we're not quite at the finish line or at the goal line, so to speak, we are continuing to do that work. Per, um, this last legislative session in 2022, we did work with uh, several state legislators who sponsored a bill, uh, a memorial that we drafted um, regarding the implementation of a paid family medical leave task force that it would be housed or that is housed at the New Mexico Department of Workforce Solutions. So that's one of the efforts that we've been working on. And um, we worked with Senator Mimi Stewart and also Representative Linda Serrato out of Santa Fe and representing uh, Representative Christine Chandler and Representative Rebel Caballero. So our work continues in this. This year, we because it was a budget session in 2022, 
we decided to focus on a memorial, which would basically allow the DWS to look at how paid family and medical leave would be implemented if there was such a um, program that did pass the state legislature. Okay, good. I'm speaking with Tara Lee Massey, uh, Executive Director of the Southwest Women's Law Center in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We'll be right back. You're invited to join me for a brand new monthly group experience over in the Well Woman Academy. This is a monthly group that includes access to the full six-week course based on feminism, mindfulness, and the Well Woman Life Framework. It includes weekly groups coaching sessions with me, as well as office hours and a private Facebook group to share and grow. Don't get me wrong, this is hard work. But with these tools, you will easily find the time to do the course, get the coaching, and reach your goals monthly. If you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, lacking the energy you need to get everything done, stuck in some aspect of leading your team, procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or in a leadership role but second-guessing yourself constantly, I'd love to introduce you to the Well Woman Academy. It's for smart, high-achieving women changing the world who want to overcome anxiety, burnout, perfection and insecurity. The result? You get to live your well woman life. A life of joy, ease, and abundance, even when things are tough all around you. Visit wellwomanlife.com slash academy to learn more. We're back on the Well Woman Show. Caroline, we're going into a segment called Superpowers for Success, where listeners get to know you a little bit better as oh. a lead as a leader, as an individual. And the first question I want to ask you is, what does success in life mean for you? You know, that has changed so much over the past um, decades, I would say. But right now, for me, I would say success is good health, happiness, and just having um, a lot of good quality time with the people I love. So I love that. And just if you wouldn't mind, how has that changed for you? Because you you mentioned that mm-hmm. that's changed that the way you look at success. Yeah, like in my early 30s, I probably would have said like, you know, having other accomplishments like professional degrees, a, prof- a career, high paying job, you know, yeah. just all of that. I would I probably would have said would have been like um, the determinate um, determinants for success for right. me. And I, um, I am an attorney. I've gone through that, but now I'm like, oh, like there's, there are really other important things like my health, family's health, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, just taking care of oneself, taking care of each other, so forth. Yeah. Okay. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because if we didn't have those early goals and definitions of success, then in some ways, would we, you know, would we be able to sit here and, and have these other, other ideas of success if we hadn't gone through that? So Mm -hmm. it's interesting. Uh, In some ways we have to, we have to have, we have to have different ideas of what success is in different times in our lives. When did you know you were really good at what you do? Um, I don't think I actually really know that in terms of I 
you know, I don't, I want, I don't want, I'm actually really cautious or careful about saying that I know what I am good at because I think that I've learned to just really apply myself like at the task at hand and be careful. Um, I'm, you know, it takes time to develop your skills, your, you know, what you're good at. And so, so I'm actually really cautious about, about that. Yeah. 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 Okay. And Taralene, can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being so you can do everything that you do in the world? Yes, I really um, need, I, I'm one of those people that needs to take time for myself and I, I need at least an hour every morning to do that. So just, you know, walking, you know, just stretching, just, just trying to have some alone time. And once I get that out time, um, I feel so much better. I feel, you know, more confident just every day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's important to prioritize those things that really support us. Yes. What superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Oh gosh. I think really just um, the willingness to do the work. I think the determination, like sometimes, you know, like you get big um, tasks and sometimes they're really challenging and you just they got to take a breath just be like okay I can do this like I've done this I've done like other harder things so this is what be you know easier compared to that like whatever that um, yeah really difficult thing is that's that's how it's how I usually try to tackle the hard stuff okay and what advice would you give your younger self say you're 25 your old self? I would say breathe, live, and um, party more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And do you identify as a feminist? Uh, yeah, I do. What does that mean for you? <clears throat> well, I think it's really different. I'm Navajo. I, I am a, I was raised on the Navajo reservation. Um, I, in our ways of life, uh, we we um, Navajo is a matriarchal society, and women have the take the lead at home, and also in um, you know before I think with you know before the U.S. coming in and changing beginning to change our societies, women had more leadership roles uh, in terms of governance, in terms of like plan and matriarchy. And so that's how, you know, I was raised. I see that with the women in my um, household, uh, just how they do things. So I, I, I feel like for, that's where my, um, you know, my definition comes from. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And Taralene, what are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? I'm actually embarrassed to say this, but I am reading really like people magazines and um, those uh, kind of um, news magazines right now. I've for the, you know, since the overturning of Roe, I have really had to close out the um, politics that's happening in our life just because, um, you know, it, it, it was definitely very disturbing and heavy on the mind, um, how things are changing in our country. And so I, I kind of took a break from all of the outside 
bad news. Yeah, have some lighter reading, mm-hmm. more more enjoyable. It sounds yes, like. yeah. Right now, I'm doing lighter reading, more more enjoyable. Just like watching um, movies that I like to yeah. watch, like Lord of the Rings. So I love it. Okay, and last question for you: Who are you in the world today? I am a first and foremost. I'm a mom and a person who is trying to ground herself in how we have so many um, changes happening and just trying to make sure that, you know, that we're protecting the peace that I have and my little place in this earth and just trying to make sure that, um, you know, that my, that the rights of our kids, our children are protected and that they, into time immemorial. That's yeah, like who I am right now. But at the same time, just trying to breathe and survive. I, I, yeah, I hear that. Taralene Massey, Executive Director of the Southwest Women's Law Center, uh, and so much more. Thank you so much for being on the program today. And thank you for your leadership. Thank you, Giovanna. I appreciate it. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.